Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome, friends, to another r slash pro revenge video. Today we've got a great story of revenge against somebody that's cruelly mocking another person for no good reason. But first, a story from Bearded Southern Boy. Regift me my gift? Well, thank you. My family does a gift exchange drawing each year for Christmas. We all reach into a bowl and pull out a name on a slip of paper. That's the person for whom we are to buy a gift for in the big Christmas get-together. I honestly hate this ritual as it's a bundle of stress to find something for someone you barely know but we do it because the family always has. One year, I drew the 60-year-old husband of my 57-year-old great-aunt. I knew he and my great-aunt were very well off and really neither wanted nor needed anything. I knew also that the budget we had for gifts of $50 max was not going to get him anything within his or her taste level. Since he did a lot of driving for his work, I found him a rather nice set of tools to keep in his car trunk should he need them. He opened them during the party, seemed appreciative, and thanked me. Fast forward three years, I saw my gift that Christmas was from my great aunt. When I opened it, I immediately recognized the tool set I'd given him three years before. Even the tape I'd put on part of a torn label was there. I paused, broke into a big smile, and excitedly exclaimed that this was incredible, as when I bought her husband a set three years ago, I'd wanted to get a set for myself as well, but the store had told me the set was discontinued and no longer available. I gush that she must have gone to a lot of trouble to find one, just like the one I gave him three years ago. Yes, I mentioned giving him a set three years ago a few times. I then made a big show of running over, hugging her, and saying thank you. She and he just had odd smiles frozen on their faces. See, my great aunt has a reputation whispered behind her back of being incredibly cheap and re-gifting most of whatever she receives. Several relatives have suspected their gifts from her were re-gifts as the packaging or box was obviously not new and even had evidence of prior wrapping. One cousin actually found my great aunt's initials engraved on a pendant from her. I, however, was the first to make a big public production out of my discovery, even though I never said I recognized it as the exact same set I'd given him. My mom later took me aside and chastised me for what I did, as she felt my great aunt was visibly embarrassed and said she'd left very soon after the gift exchange. I just looked at her and innocently asked what I'd done wrong by thanking her for a gift. After all, I really had wanted it. If this was a situation where OP really did want those gifts back, that worked out perfectly. Does anybody else have some anxiety when it comes to giving gifts or when it comes to opening gifts? I think I'm just terrible at finding gifts for other people and there really isn't a lot that I personally want. Whenever I open a gift for me, I personally have like this moral obligation in my mind to act like really appreciative or excited. First of all, I'm not even the most outgoing person anyways, so it's not like I'm going to just like flip out and jump around the room. To me, it's mostly just the thought that counts. Do you guys have like some gift adjacent anxiety too or? Are you a master at giving out gifts? Let me know in the comments down below. Our next story is from Mikey Bonbon 1988. I love hotel concierges. 
So a little backstory, I've been on a 1500 kilometer walk across Canada, and today I completed it. I made it to my destination, Niagara Falls. I figured I would be making it here today, so last week, as I was passing through Toronto, I booked a room at a fancy hotel at the Falls. I arrived at the hotel to check in several hours ago. Unfortunately, the hotel had overbooked its graduation weekend for the high schoolers. But I was polite. I always try to be polite in crappy situations. People are usually willing to go the extra mile for you if you're not an absolute jerk. The concierge was kind enough to ask me to take a seat so they could call around to find me a room for the night. At the service desk, there are several concierge stations, and when I was trying to check in, I was only focused on myself. But as I was waiting, my love of drama got the better of me and I started listening to the exchange that was going on with another of the concierges, an exchange that was getting heated. A basic gist of the conversation, a mother was trying to argue the price of the suite down. She had booked for her kids after grad party and, well, she was being a witch about it. If you book a suite, you can expect to pay $500 plus for it. Heck, even more during grad weekend. The foulness coming out of this witch's mouth at a person doing their job was disgusting. I also need to add, both of the concierges were Chinese, and the one dealing with the witch at this point was almost in tears. She leans over to the woman who'd been serving me and said in Cantonese, I can't deal with this, let's call the manager. Now, a little about me that you need to know is, I can speak some Cantonese. Not perfect, but I can hold a basic conversation and swear. I know all the swearing. This witch had been getting more and more frustrated that she's not getting a discount. And this is where she messed up. She crossed her arms and said, Well, it's too much. If you don't bring the price down, just cancel my booking. I'll go somewhere better. I had gotten up from my seat and went to speak with the concierge dealing with my stuff and said in Cantonese, If you want, I can grab her by the neck and throw her out. I got a little laugh out of her. She said to me, Oh, it's fine. I'm going to see about getting you a room right now. They called the manager, and after a brief conversation, they called me up to the desk. They found a room for me. So yeah, at no extra charge, they found an available suite. And after booking into my upgraded room, heading towards the elevator, I caught the end of the conversation with the witch. So the manager used the witch's words against her. If you don't come down on the price, I'm canceling my booking. They did just that. Cancel the booking. And now I'm typing this in my nice posh room, getting ready to head down to the casino and lose some money. I love the concierge. Wish me luck as I have $200 burning a hole in my pocket. I'm willing to bet that OP left a $200 tip at that casino that night. But hey, getting that nice posh upgrade for free was probably worth $200. Our next story is from Oh My Goshness No, The Best Revenge Keeps Giving. So this is an ongoing thing, but I think at this point I've gotten my revenge, and then some, and then some even more. So basically my block has an alleyway that's fairly narrow, and many of the houses have driveways that exit to the alleyway to the main road. The lots on the opposite side of the alleyway are also offset a bit, so there's two driveways directly across from what used to be my backyard fence. And between these driveways is a giant shrub that both of the neighbors refuse to get trimmed or removed so it reduces visibility pretty heavily. This usually means that they make some sharper turns backing out since it spills over the end of each of their driveways. Anyway, my backyard fence was about a foot and a half onto my property, and there's plenty of room to back into the alleyway from both my neighbor's driveways. However, both of them back out and pay little to no attention. 
So over the last two and a half years I've lived there, at least twice a day, both of them hit or scraped the fence, to the point where one day, the neighbor to the right hit the fence so hard, half of it came down. To keep it short, in this part, yes, we did contact the neighbor and gave them an invoice for getting our fence fixed. Yes, we have video footage of both neighbors hitting it, and yes, we've contacted the local courts, but that's been fruitless since getting a civil case like this is not even close to a priority to them currently. So, my wife and I decided to take some more drastic action. Since we knew another chain link fence would just get destroyed again, we went with a brick and concrete wall. That also gave us the benefit of more privacy and a much more substantial iron gate to the alleyway for our access. Of course, the best part is we had contractors put it one foot on our property instead of the foot and a half. Yes, we checked with the city to see if it was legal. It was. So there's even less of a buffer zone for both neighbors to back out like idiots. If you don't mind them leaving some bumper paint all over your brick wall, that's pretty good revenge, especially considering it's back in an alleyway. If they're not even going to at least own up to it, the least you can do is give their car a little bit of damage at their own hands. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Every single video has awesome stories like our next story from Throw Away the Hair. You destroyed my son's communication tablets for craps and giggles? Almost two weeks ago, my ex stole my son's birthday money and destroyed their communication tablets that they use daily. Since then, I haven't been able to hold her responsible for any of it. When I tried to file a police report, the officer told me that since I kicked her out of my house, I should just call it even, despite the tablets being over $200 each. I did file in civil court over the stolen birthday money, but was informed it'll take months, which I will wait, I'm not dropping it. Since then, my boys are having epic behavioral meltdowns daily because they don't understand why I'm not giving them their tablets. They think they were bad and lost them. The tablets were utilized daily for communication and nightly to wind them down for bed. I've done my best to hold it together, but I'm freaking furious that she got away with it. It's not right and it's not fair to them. Today, around 5pm, there was a knock on my door. It was a repo man telling me he was there to pick up my ex's car. She hadn't paid her car payment for months. So I asked to speak to the person who ordered the repo and acted like I would possibly make a payment to prevent it from getting towed. I have no money but I wanted to know how long she hadn't paid because I'd given her money twice to pay it a few months ago. She'd been telling the lender she couldn't lose her car because she had to transport her disabled kids. She used my boys to get sympathy from the lender. I've honestly never been so furious in my life. She hadn't updated her info since getting a new job, and her family refused to tell them where she worked. So I did. I gave them her job address, and I gave them the address where she'd been staying since I kicked her out. In under an hour, my phone was blowing up from her that her car got taken. I told her she should have pawned the tablets instead of being a disgusting piece of poop and destroying them if she owed so much money. Not the best revenge, but it is a start. Honestly, although the legal system takes forever to get to it, I hope it moves forward and I hope OP can get proper charges against this person for doing something like that. I agree though, with a person like this getting their car repoed, it's a good start, but it's just a start. They deserve some more stuff. Our next story is from Obs Not Main. My half-sister wanted to show up in a wedding dress to my engagement party, so I changed the party theme so she would fit right in. 
My half-sister Heather and I never really got along. We're both 24. My father left my mother for her mother, and we were born the same month, 20 days apart. It's always been weird. It doesn't help that Heather's mom hates me and my mom. By extension, Heather and I didn't have the best relationship. She's always tried to one-up me, even though we both have a similar economic background. I can give examples of this, but for the sake of the word limit, I won't write them here. So, now my fiancé and I got engaged last month and had our engagement party this Saturday. We'd planned it originally as a casual to formal event. Nice dresses, but not, I am going to the Met Gala Ball, nice. More like, we're going to a good restaurant, nice. Anyway, my cousin hits me up, saying she has to show me something. It was the picture of the dress Heather was gonna wear. The dress? Jesus Christ, it can only be described as opulent. It was long and white, strapless with sewn-in crystals and golden accents. I'm pretty sure it was a wedding dress, but I can't be 100%. This made me really mad, so I decided, screw that. I started texting people, telling them that there'd been a change of plans, and that instead of casual formal, I decided to make a costume party. My mother's side is crazy for Halloween, so they were immediately on board. I told my father via text and asked for him to relay the message to Heather and her mother, knowing full well that he would forget or leave it to the last minute. Saturday comes along, guests start showing up, most of them in costumes. Some didn't have time to get one. We just provided them with fun hats and cheap wigs. Heather, my dad, and her mother come like one hour late. As soon as she notices that everyone was either wearing elaborate costumes or weird accessories and she didn't stand out, she lost it. Especially when my fiancé came along and told her that her bride's dress looked amazing for a cheap costume. She left crying and her mother and my father told me that I was being childish and I could have told Heather myself and not tasked my father. For those interested, my fiancé was dressed as Bubbles and I was dressed as Mojo Jojo. My mom and aunts went as ABBA. Other memorable costumes were Luffy and Zorro, Ian Malcolm and John Hammond and Jesus. It doesn't shock me that there's people out there who want the attention to all be upon them, but it always blows my mind that people are so willing to be so outwardly blatant as to wear like a wedding dress to an event where they're not getting married. Those people that go out of their way to wear extravagant guesses to more casual parties or wearing a beautiful flowing white dress to a wedding that isn't their wedding. There's attention-seeking jerks out there, and then there's a whole nother level like that. Our next story is from Seaside Chef Boy. Don't want to honor the advertised price? That's fine. I'll get a full reimbursement for every purchase instead. Preface, I stop at the same Tom Thumb convenience store almost every day before or after work. Buy the same things all the time. Even had Thanksgiving dinner with one of the managers, going for over a decade. I'm also, unfortunately, a smoker. This week, my preferred brand was advertised at a special price, $7.43 per pack when you buy two packs, as opposed to the usual $9.43. I always buy two packs, so I was hyped to save four bucks. Price rang up as $9.43 still. Obviously disappointed, I pointed out that the price advertised was $7.43 and I wasn't saving $4. After a bit of pushing, my usual lady gave me a $4 discount to match the price advertised. Next time, big old Chungus is working, rings up $9.43 and I point out the price discrepancy. He said, oh well, you know, taxes and all. I wanted to argue the point, but a line was forming behind me and I was ready to get to work. Last night, 
same chungus, same excuses. I pushed the point more this time, and he just made the, oh, that's just set by the company argument. I said, you aren't able to discount or fix the price like the usual lady did? Nah, excuse, excuse, excuse. Cue revenge. I started with filing a false advertisement complaint with the local attorney general's office. It's the weekend, so I won't hear back immediately. Next, I went to the Tom Thumb website and explained the situation to customer service. Customer service told me this is absolutely unacceptable and to provide the receipt and they would reimburse me for the product in store. For each instance of this happening, problem will be immediately sent to the head of the store to fix the problem. No need to return the product. They would not only provide the difference in price in refund, but the entire product cost as well. Cue the petty part. I left work extra early today. Stopped by and said howdy to Big Chungus. Proceeded to buy each and every pack of American spirits they had. Advertised price, $7.43. Each pack rang up $9.43. You can guess what happens next. I show Chungus the screenshots from customer service, directly instructing the store to refund me full price for every pack purchased, without product returns for every pack I've purchased the past two weeks. Just show the receipt and all packs purchased will be directly refunded. Extra petty mode. I also made them refund me the cost of every pack I just bought on the spot. I won't be paying for a smoke for 6 months, plus I got nearly $100 cash for the smokes I already had. Up $100 and like 90 packs of cigarettes. Petty? Maybe even trashy, but I'll be darned if I'm not going to fight a blatant false advertisement rip-off crap show simply... Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that after finishing a small questionnaire will match you with a licensed therapist where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com storytimepod today to get 10% off your first month. 
That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. By principle, I think the only thing I hate in this story is the fact that it really, really, really fuels OP smoking. It's a great revenge, but it gives OP an excuse to get through 90 packs of cigarettes. Our next story is from NJ Lee Makes 3. No support? No money for you. I work for a manufacturing company that routinely has orders in excess of $50,000 for a single batch of product. Big customers will bring in millions per year, and the presence of multiple competitors allows customers to be very choosy in where they place their orders. My department has always been understaffed, and we've recently been asked to take in additional responsibilities and customer support. Long story short, one of us four members will become responsible for investigating possible causes of specific concerns and complaints for large customers at a moment's notice, despite already being overworked. Any complaints about our workload have been ignored, as well as professional demands to be paid national standards for our work. The company sets their pay bands to 15% below national average for any non-management and executive group. I've been told to my face, your position is redundant already, as a reasoning to deny any kind of raise in the past. Four weeks ago, I was assigned a rather belligerent yet massive customer and hit my breaking point during their beyond rude first meeting where I was left out to dry by all accounts reps and customer support personnel. After being denied additional support for my tasks, I decided to clap back. The one good thing of my company is that they rolled over a large amount of PTO from lockdowns to present, and I had over 200 hours in my balance. PTO is almost never ever rejected, as the company says, it's your time, do with it what you want, in their official policy. After a week of work, I put in three weeks PTO with the blanket statement, I'll be unavailable for any work-related activities during this time. Apparently, the customer was not happy that first Monday that I wasn't present to answer questions, and that no one else knew anything about the project. My boss's boss has called several times to try and negotiate an earlier return, which I've ignored each time. I just got an angry email from said boss stating that the customer is going to leave for our top competitor, losing the company about $3 million in annual sales. All I can think is, guess I wasn't so redundant now, was I? I'm debating taking another week off just to see what happens. OP just totally played these people and made it abundantly clear how important they are. I think OP should hold out even longer until they're begging to give OP a raise. Use up all that PTO and make them sweat. See if they can't actually give you a raise over losing $3 million. Our next story is from Harmless142. Make an example out of me? Enjoy being short-staffed. Worked at a fast food joint in my early 20s. Wasn't the best job, but I had a good attendance because I took pride in it and frankly needed the money. I came down with a horrible fever and cold one day and called out. The company had a policy that if you called out, it was on you to find someone to cover your shift. I got some numbers and everyone was either wisely not picking up or picked up and declined. Being as sick as I was, I said screw it, put the landline, 1997-ish, out into the living room of the apartment I shared with two other girls, took a heavy dose of NyQuil and slept the rest of the day. Next time I was scheduled, the assistant manager called me into the office to tell me that he knew I wasn't really sick, because apparently after I went back to bed, he called me and didn't get an answer. So obviously I wasn't home and off playing hooky. I explained about the NyQuil and sleeping, but he said he wasn't buying it. And when things were slower, he was giving me a two-week suspension to set an example of me. 
I told him if he was going to suspend me, I might as well quit then and there. His response was, if I didn't give two weeks notice, then he would give me a bad reference if anyone called him about me. Okay, game on. I put in my two weeks and got on the job hunt when I wasn't working. The scheduling manager didn't want me to quit and asked if I'd found anywhere else to work. Since I hadn't, she said if I needed, she could continue to put me on the schedule. I told her thanks and I'd let her know. Well, two weeks go by and I see the schedule out for the following week and I'm on it. Never took back my resignation, never asked to continue to be on the schedule. So the next Friday I was on the schedule, after my official quit date, I sat my happy butt at home on my couch, movie on TV, popcorn in hand and phone by my side. About 15 minutes after they had me scheduled, my phone rang. It was the manager demanding to know why I wasn't there yet. They were busy and didn't I know I was on the schedule tonight? My reply was, didn't you know I quit? He started going on about how the scheduling manager had me down to work and I stopped him and said, guess you should have asked. My last day was date as per my written notice. I hung up and didn't bother listing them on any applications and ended up at a lovely job in a bookstore. That movie and popcorn were so good. I mean, this one almost doesn't even cross into revenge, really. This is more just them being total screw-ups. How are they going to go and put OP on the schedule when OP didn't even confirm they wanted to keep working? Never thought to ask? Never thought to check in? I'm glad OP enjoyed the popcorn in the movie. Our next story is from Nice and Sane. For revenge, I'll give you money. This was a long time ago in my college days. The dorms had two people sharing a room. My roommate was extremely meticulous about money, to the point of keeping spreadsheets on grocery purchases, itemizing and filing every receipt, etc. There was an occasion where I paid for pizza in advance and he went to pick it up. He wrote me a check to cover his half, deducting 28 cents for the mileage he incurred to get it. Yes, he was that meticulous. I wrote down the account number from his check. His bank lobby had a drop box with envelopes for instant deposits. You weren't supposed to use the drop box for cash, but that didn't deter me. Every few days when I was near his bank, I'd fill out a counter deposit slip with his account number, put it and some pocket change into an envelope, and drop it in the slot. This resulted in random deposits showing up on his bank statements, 12 cents one time, 43 cents a few weeks later, etc. The guy would get on the phone and argue with his bank every time it happened. They of course had no explanation. Sir, our records show a deposit of this amount on that date. We have no further information. It drove him absolutely batty. I mean, to be fair, this would probably drive me pretty batty too, but I also wouldn't be too overall bothered by it. I mean, yeah, you don't know where the money's coming from, but I mean, there is money just going into the bank. It's not like they're yanking it out. And our final story of the day is from SE2 Superjack. Mock the disabled? Justice is served many years later. Many years ago, I worked in the lovely career of retail. It's sadly normal for there to be a constant flow of shop scum that make you despise their existence. And there's those that are so horrific that what they do is burned into your mind forever. Fortunately, one of these unforgettable moments allowed me to extract my revenge. I had only worked in retail for one year in this newly built store and was starting to settle in. Getting to know the great customers and understanding that some people shouldn't be allowed outside, which being a shy person who hates conflict wasn't the best, but at least one of my customers was an absolutely adorable elderly lady who always made time to talk and was an absolute joy to be with. 
It had been some weeks since I'd last seen her, but one morning, I see her car park into the disabled parking bay, as she already has a blue badge, only this time she hobbled out of the car on crutches with a pot on her leg. I didn't have the chance to talk to her yet when a works truck, which did not have a blue disabled badge, pulled into the disabled space next to her and out jumped an early 40s builder with her teenage kid. Well, this little old lady was having absolutely none of this and must have absolutely massive balls of steel and stood up to this ignorant builder and politely informed them that they shouldn't be parking there as it's for the disabled and he doesn't have a badge. What happened next, I can't forget. This builder decided the best course of action was to humiliate and insult this poor elderly lady on crutches accusing her of faking her disability and claiming the cast on her leg was a fake and that she probably milks the benefit system for as much money as possible, then walks off putting on an overdramatic fake limp laughing away with their teenage kid whilst the old lady stood there in shock. Sadly, being one who lacks courage, I did absolutely nothing about it and that would stick with me forever. I tried feebly to ask a manager later to do something about it, but they didn't care or want to get involved. For years I worked in the store, always seeing this scum builder come in and out. Fortunately I never interacted with this scum builder, but I saw them often and every time I did, I would always remember what they had done vividly. I would still see them in the park in the disabled bays and it even got to the point where I would recognize them by the large blue Mercedes they drove. Seven years later, I was still working in this store, and this scum was still parking in disabled and looking like an absolute runt. Yet this year, I was blessed with good fortune, and our store was outfitted with some absolute joyful equipment. Due to the high number of complaints, our store had set up a company to deal with the parking violations. But instead of having external parties coming in and ticketing cars, the staff of the store were given the ticketing machine and it was our duty to go to the car park and record any cars that violated the parking rules. This was done digitally, and there would be no paper tickets on the cars. This was brilliant. As soon as I found out, I knew what I was going to do. It didn't take long for me to learn how to use the machine, and it certainly didn't take long for the opportunity to get revenge. And so it began. There were three rules for parking, and if you break these rules, there's a lovely 80 pound fine in return each time it happened. The first rule, no parking in disabled without a badge. And I know well that the scum builder is certainly violating this rule, and it wasn't long until I saw him next, and as soon as he entered the store, I quickly scurried out with a ticketing machine and lo and behold, there was the oversized blue Mercedes in the closest disabled bay with no badge. I smashed them car details in with some well-shot photos and sent the report off so that they would receive a lovely letter of their fine they would ask to pay. That's not enough though, but fortunately it takes weeks for them to finally receive the ticket, which grants me the opportunity to constantly ticket their parking violations. Because as you would expect, the scum would always park in the disabled. And as I worked at the front of the store, I would always know when they had parked. After ticketing their car dozens of times, the scum unfortunately learnt their lesson as their oversized blue Mercedes no longer appeared in the disabled parking bays. But as you expect, the scum would still be scum and they would find their new parking space inside child parking. Rule 2. Don't park inside child parking without a child. 
Of course not. They haven't learned their lesson and continue to be a complete jerk and park in the child parking which we don't have many spaces for. At this point, I knew all their car details by heart and would gleefully fill out the ticket machine as I skipped over to their car violating the child parking and take the photos needed for them, including shots of their car seats that bear no child seats in them. And as it became routine, this once again carried on a few weeks more of tickets being created, and eventually they start receiving the fines. Fortunately, me being me, I'm completely invisible to others and often overlooked and I have yet to be seen or caught. But as all good things must eventually come to an end, when the scum came to the shop, their blue turd automobile was no longer there in child parking or disabled. Has the scum finally learnt their lesson? Would you be surprised if they'd not? As it didn't take me long to find them. Rule 3. You must park inside a marked bay. And what a surprise, the scum still manages to screw this up. They would park over the line, taking two spaces up. Well, guess what? That's a job for me and my ticket machine. Trying to park inside taxi parking but can't fit the big butt car in it? Boom! That ain't inside a marked bay. And ka another ticket and fine for that. Have one single wheel slightly over the white line of a bay? Well, guess who technically broke the rule? That's right, Scumbag did. And there goes a few more weeks of fun, until eventually Scumbag runs out of ways that they can possibly break the rules, and our company hires externally to start ticketing cars. So my beloved weapon of justice goes to rest. Now I know what people are probably going to say, that all these fines are not enforceable because of blah blah blah, but I honestly don't care for a few reasons. First, I'm being paid to do this, so either way my time or money isn't wasted. Secondly, it did have an effect as they repeatedly changed their parking habits. And thirdly, even if they don't end up paying, they're still going to spend a freak ton of time and effort trying to overturn them over and over again, having to constantly be harassed by mail. Overall, if all the fines are counted separate and added up, they would have received thousands of pounds worth of fines, building up over time for being scum. Cherry on top? About three years later, I walk by this piece of scum on the car park and watch as they scream at some innocent dude in a high-vis jacket, accusing them of being the one giving them all the parking fines, which put me at peace knowing this must have seriously got to them and cost them to still be raving mad after three years. If you were working a retail job and there was an opportunity to go out and just kind of monitor the parking lot and report any parking violations that you see, would you rather do that than work in the front of the store? My hatred for people who take advantage of disabled or other special spots probably would make it more fun than working in the front of the store to go out there and report these people. Would you want to? Let me know in the comments. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another revenge story that was crazier than any of the ones in this video, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, click on the right. That said, though, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.